If you've ever had a dream, a mission, a vision, and you've never known how to get it visible, then I'm talking to you. This is the Visible Visions Podcast. So really, as soon as I started doing client work and trying to help other people get their vision visible, everything clicked. Welcome to the Visible Visions Podcast. I'm Alessandro from Frasali Creative, and this is the podcast where we are doing everything that we can to help you get your vision visible. Uh, We're currently in phase one of the podcast where we are aiming to get you all the tips, conversations, tricks, and yeah, uh, everything that you need (laughs) to get to 10,000 followers. That's our aim for the first bit. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's the first episode, essentially, and it's going to be a little bit of an introduction to us at Frasali Creative, to me as Alessandro Frasali. Um, Yeah, so let's dive into that. So, like I said, my name's Alessandro Frasali. I run Frasali Creative with my wife, Julia Frasali, and we've been running this company for at least, uh, yeah, six months to this point. But the journey here has been a lot, you know, it's been a lot more twisted and windy uh, than just the straight, okay, you start a company, here we go. The journey has been, you know, filled with ups and downs, and I know that as you get to know the podcast, you probably hear a lot of my stories and and a a few of Julia's stories as well. Uh, But today I'm going to give you just a brief rundown of where I've come from and yeah, what that's been like. So for me, I have always been uh, a creative. I've always been somebody that's been very, very good at, well, maybe not very good, but at least there has been a want within me to get attention. And I've gotten that in many, many different ways. I remember the first time that I ever was in a newspaper was at the age of five. And I loved it. You know, I ran around the house with this little newspaper clipping of the boy with the golden voice uh, as a singer. So it's definitely something that I know is within me. There's this want or need to get attention. And that's something that I always sort of ticked off. But the one thing about being a creative and being uh, somebody who wants attention is without a focus, without a lens, without anything like that, it can be pushed into many different areas, which was definitely my experience. So first it was music, (laughs) which moved into musical theater. And I was very good at that. Uh, Got, you know, into loads of shows, really enjoyed that. But What I was never good at was sticking with it. I would then hop to the next thing. So then after musical theater, it was acting. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed that, but, you know, I wanted a little bit more. And eventually it became filmmaking and directing. And I loved that, was really good at that as well. I remember getting... um, I remember getting everything paid for to go and study for a few weeks in the Los Angeles Film School. Uh, Loved that as well. But again, you know, after a few years in that, I I tried YouTube, uh, was doing that for a while, and then it moved again. So yeah, it's, it's been this huge journey of being creative, wanting attention, and then essentially throwing my energy into anything that made me feel good at the time. Now, I guess the problem with this is there was never any business growth. 
There was never any, uh, well, money coming in. You know, that's one thing that I think is a really difficult thing for creatives in general is, you know, you want to just live a life of passion, but money hurts. And the first time that I felt this like pull of money was when I was a singer in like five different bands and each band uh, might be exaggerating there. It was three bands and I had a solo project. Okay. So four, four music projects. Um, essentially each band, we were trying to make original music, but there was this sort of point where all of us didn't have money. And if you all don't have money, you start to think, what else can I do for money? Now you have to use your talents. So I start thinking, okay, why don't we all write cover or, you know, play cover music and, and go to the bars. And I tell you what, after playing in bars um, till 2 a.m. one night, then the next night you're doing it again with a different band and you're not getting a lot of money, especially shared between everyone. And then you get one free drink and then everyone goes and drinks afterwards. And I was never much of a drinker and the life didn't really appeal to me. And it just didn't fulfill me. Um, and then when I wanted to write an original song, everyone in the band's like, oh, no, we really actually sucked with that cover of Jesse's Girl. Let's, you know, practice that instead. And I think that was the point where I was like, I, I'm, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. I, I need to, to move away from that. So then my, my journey took me to filmmaking. I got a film degree. And at the same time, I was doing tour guiding uh, for money. Um, but I could never really marry the, 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 the money part, even of the filmmaking. So I would make short films. I would love when they get into film festivals. I even sold the rights to some of my films, which was really exciting. And then one of my teachers said to me, oh, you would be amazing as a film director for ads. And I remember saying to him, that's not why I make films. I don't do it so that I can get money from it. And it's this real, you know, I don't know whether it was a starving artist kind of feeling. I don't know whether it was, I don't know, anything like that. I just remember having this gut ugh, reaction to having to make ads for companies. And so that sort of pushed me, you know, into other directions and, um, I started working at a film school, um, sorry, not a film school, a film museum, sort of uh, at the Australian Centre for Moving Image. In, and, you know, that seemed to blend my love of tour guiding and blend filmmaking. But I always found myself being quite motivational to other actors and singers and things like that. And so, again, you know, another niche change. And so as you can see, you know, uh, my life was just this confused, chaos, crazy, creative mess. Um, and I had to rely on, you know, asking for loans here. I would get really some cool jobs that it would pay me a lot. But then, you know, as soon as I'd actually uh, pay off everyone that I had to pay off, you know, then a new crazy idea would come through. And it was just no way to live. There was no way to live. So I um, got a whole nother chapter, which is essentially uh, I moved to Bali, but I'll, I'll share that whole story at some other point. But the takeaway from moving to Bali was that um, it was just more of, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I think my father would have called it gallivanting. Um, but I met Julia there and 
while I was um, doing a lot of things there, I met Julia. We met, uh, you know, Julia also had Maggie, our, our, our dog. And I don't know, there was a sort of uh, push for me to find responsibility, right? And I, I think that's something that um, a lot of people uh, in the creative field face. And there's always a question of whether you're going to go into the nine to five work because of that or not, you know? And, and for me, it was never going to be nine to five. So of course it was me, the big dreamer self. I was coming up with all these big, crazy ideas again. So I first thought of my, my music to do it. And then I was like, no, it's not going to be that. But one thing to note um, all throughout this period is I was getting a lot of attention online for different things I was doing online. So I, I knew how to get visibility always. You know, um, when I was doing the filmmaking stuff, if I was doing music videos for people, I would constantly get like a million views for just really cool videos in great locations that I would be filming for people. And I knew how to get them viral, or at least if not viral, you'd use the value to, to get them, you know, at least 50,000 views on, on some videos. And, and then also in um, in Bali, you know, I, I'd, I'd found a, a niche and I was online on TikTok and got 200,000 followers. Again, I knew how to get visibility. But it, this is where I was hitting up with this responsibility. How do you focus that in on something? And um, my first attempt of that was uh, we moved to Germany and I decided <laughs> that I would build an NFT company. And this was something that, you know, it was, it was a hype. It was a train. It was um, something that a trend, so to speak. And building that NFT company was my first time trying to do a target audience. Um, and I was targeting people who would like games uh, within the NFT space and Roman gladiators, of course. Long story short, we, we got a lot of people in to look at the product. We, we had a lot of things that came in and it, it seemed like it was going to be promising, but there was a crypto crash and we got hacked right on the, on the large, last launch. And so essentially it was just something that completely failed. So gotten visibility on that, gotten visibility on everything I'd gotten before, took the responsibility, but it still didn't work for me. And this is the point where at that point, I had a chat to um, a good friend of mine who uh, I'd met back in Bali, and he had always said, oh, I want you on my team for social media. And, you know, I, I was down on hard times at this point, and I was like, you know what, let me send him a message. So I sent him a message and I said, you know, you're still looking for somebody to, to come in and tackle your socials. So that was... Um, that was the first, well, essentially the first Frisali Creative client. And it sort of ballooned from there. Ballooned from there. I realized very quickly that I was very good at helping people succeed at what they do. And it blended everything. Like uh, the music, I learned a lot about content, capturing attention and how to get seen and, and mixing music with different ideas. The filmmaking, obviously all your filmmaking techniques and things like that, that you learn in film school and everything like that. The building of a business uh, with the NFT company, you know, I learned how to focus in on something and be structured. Um, the, uh, the vlogging, you know, I learned how to be consistent with content through YouTube vlogging. The motivation, that was great for educational stuff. And the tour guiding was great for story elements and, um, everything in those uh, sort of spaces. So 
really, as soon as I started doing client work and trying to help other people get their vision visible, everything clicked. It was this chaotic, crazy, creative mix that just worked. It just worked. And I loved it. I loved watching them grow. You know, that first client, um, we're actually ending up pretty soon uh, because they've sold their company. But we have essentially gotten in the last um, while for them, we've we've gotten them over 14 million views um, and over 110,000 followers. I think it's actually maybe 130,000 followers are different across different accounts that we've done for them. And then we have other clients and things like that as well. We've got our own account. Um, well, yeah, that pushed us to then start our own account and, um, which we got 15,000 followers in 99 days through our 99 day content challenge. So I think, I guess what I'm saying, um, well, one, I'm just telling you my story, but it was the, it was the honing in, you know, it was understanding one, what I love to having the experience to have all of those um, things, bringing in the how to gain visibility and then all the technical knowledge I've learned as a filmmaker. So yeah, I um, that's how Frasali Creative got started. And from now on, we're looking to just really focus in on how can we make visions visible. It's something that I, I really love. I, I, have this, um, I have this sort of dream or goal to help as many people in that position that I was where they had to step up, let's say creative people, and they have to step up and they have that choice of whether or not they have to go to nine to five or whether they can monetize something that they do. And I would love to help them monetize something that they do so they never have to go to a nine to five job that they hate. That's something that really means a lot to me. It's something that I, that's why I, I gel with the digital nomads, with the entrepreneurs, with the, the, uh, the you know, um, solopreneurs, the people who make their own way. That's who this podcast is for. It's, yeah, it's a real passion of mine. And I, I find it so exciting that even in this medium, you know, for Sally Creative and this podcast and all the things we've got coming up, that's what I get to do every day. Yeah. So anyway, um, there's going to be a lot more coming up in this podcast. Um, the next podcast is actually our first interview. It's going to be with Kaylee Wildermuth. Can't wait for you to hear that. I actually think we're dropping this, these episodes at the same time, number one and number two. So you can listen to that straight away. But um, I just want to say, if you are one of the people that have already followed us uh, from our first 99 day content challenge, or if you're new, whatever, I really appreciate your support. I appreciate you coming on and supporting, you know, people who make their own way and do things differently. Uh, yeah, you're all my people. <laughs> anyway, I'm Frasali. Well, I'm not Frasali. I'm Alessandro Frasali from Frasali Creative. And thanks so much for joining the Visible Visions podcast. And I'll see you next time.